0: Just the way he was talking at that press conference this week it was something completely new like the the press they sort of for a long time they thought they were they were in charge or even they they were even that important but Trump's just reminded everyone that the, the press isn't actually that important it's it's what you make of it and he was just like no I'm not going to speak to you he, he's going above all their heads with with Twitter and stuff they're,
1: they're panicking they really yeah on. I like the idea of um CNN reporters like every journalist is going to have to wake up at four am to see what Donald Trump just tweeted <laughs> Apparently, he'd never sleeps. Well, can you remember when you were a kid? On like Christmas Eve, it was really hard to
0: sleep. You were so excited <laughs> on Christmas Eve. Now, imagine you've, you're, you're like you're, you're already like a power hungry, egomaniac, maniac, and you're 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 suddenly made president of the United States, and by default, the world. You'd be so excited. You'd, you'd never sleep again. That's what I mean. I think. I think. I think the sort of like thing about Donald Trump. It was like I made a joke about it, calling it pisslamophobia,
2: right? (laughs)
0: Right. But if it's true that Donald Trump is into like water sports and being pissed Hmm. on and drinking piss and pissing on people. That's like a sexual thing he gets up to in his spare time. For some reason, you're allowed to make fun of someone if they're into water sports. If I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's acceptable in, <laughs> in
1: our enlightened times. Well, for the record, though, for the sake of accuracy, yeah, they didn't piss on Trump. Mm-hmm. They pissed on the bed that uh, the Obama slept in. <laughs> ma- I don't know if does that qualify as a fetish. Yeah, of course it does. Watching someone piss. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Tom Dick and Hyman Show. We are back. I'm Tom. Joining me today is Tim. Hello. How are you, Tim? I'm good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Glad to see you're still alive after your bout of pneumonia. Yes, me too. (laughs) Lamest excuse for not showing up to a New Year's party ever. Well. (laughs) And uh, joining us live via Skype is Anthony. Hola. How are you, Antoine? I'm good. I'm good. Down by the sunny coast. What are you getting drunk on? Uh, I'm drinking Innocent Gun which is smooth Scottish beer with hints of toffee, vanilla, and oak. That's nice. Later on, we'll be talking about what movies we're looking forward to in 2017. We'll also be asking the question of what does Jeremy Corbyn have to do to get a bit of respect around here. But kicking us off is a man who dominated the headlines in 2016 and looks to do so again in the new year. Yes, of course, it's the madman, Donald Trump. I'm generally looking forward to his
0: uh, inauguration. On the one hand, it might be like a historical event, like where were you when Kennedy got assassinated? It'd be like where were you when when Trump got assassinated? Um, but, but other than that, I want I, I want to see who's who's going to perform because they haven't been able to get any real big names.
1: Oh, they've got um, a tribute band, a Bruce Springsteen tribute God band. God knows, God knows. what <laughs> I was That's see, pretty weak. What I was
0: secretly hoping, though, I was secretly hoping they're going to uh, bust out Kanye West. At the yeah, because he, he said
3: he would have voted for Trump yeah he went he said he
1: doesn't it. vote but if he did he would vote for Trump and he visited him didn't he soon after his mental breakdown yeah apparently Trump is a like everything I've heard from people who are rich and famous is that Trump's a really nice guy Well I didn't see any criticism of him before he was a politician
0: when he was like a, just a guy on TV from The Apprentice, he, he had like bit parts in Home Alone, The A Team, Gremlins 2, all these like little bits of
1: American, you know, he was he just. worked with WWF quite a lot. Yeah,
0: and like he wasn't known as like a hated person or a racist or a sexual. He thing. was known as pompous though. Yeah. A bit of a blowhard. But that's just why I think it's weird because like why all this hate now just before he becomes president?
1: Because it's a big fucking job and a really important position. Yeah. <laughs> it's like like two years ago, if someone said to you, oh, by the way, in 2017, Donald Trump is president of the United States, you would never have no, believed it. Ever. I'd laugh. It's literally like something from Demolition Man or the Running Lights, like <laughs> yeah. dystopian future joke, Back to the Future Part 2. So during the election campaign last year, the Democrat Party's emails were hacked and uh, WikiLeaks were in possession of them and released them over the course of the election. And uh, this prompted Hillary Clinton and still current President Barack Obama to suggest that there are ties between Trump and Russia, or, and I'm using dick fingers here, the Kremlin, to invoke, you know, Cold War, Red Scare sentiments. And uh, Trump routinely denied this, of course, uh, until a couple of weeks ago. Obama released a document that supposedly proved that Trump had ties to Russia, only it didn't actually really substantiate anything It was just said, like, the most damning thing it said was, the CIA are highly confident that Russia attempted to do something in the election. Do you know what I mean? It was really vague. The most concrete accusation that I saw that they were prepared to stand by
0: was that um, Russia actively had people on uh, forums. (laughs) Yeah. Like trolls. Trolls posting memes. Cartoons of Pepe. Yeah, honestly. And, um, you know, correcting the record about certain things. Um, and that—that and and that, that is correcting uh, the record. You that was say. Hillary's. Thing. Well, that—that's that, 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 that's the name of an actual firm. That, that was, was Hillary's. That, that was hired by the, fact-checking. They population. were hired by the Democrats to sort of basically go online and counter Argument people. Yeah. But it's quite common. A, a lot of different countries and governments.
1: Yeah, it's notorious that Israel do it. America does it. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure Britain probably yeah. does it. So as well. that's
0: basically the only concrete thing that they've been able to accuse Russia of, which is something that basically everyone does.
1: Everyone hacks everyone. So there was that document. The week before, in the last week, this week for us, but for anybody listening, it'll be last week. BuzzFeed, of all people, released a 35 page PDF document, which purports to be in an intelligence document compiled on behalf of what I read was uh, this was John McCain who requested this. There's a rumor it, it was John McCain. I, I heard that wanted- it was
0: passed to John McCain.
1: Ah, by he, whom?
0: He was from the British guy, the, uh, but not, ah. but not the British guy. They're saying it was the expired. Christopher Steele. Yeah, not him. There's uh, the story I heard. It was passed to John McCain by the actual British ambassador to Russia. Yeah. Oh, because so what I've read, I love, I love being able to say conf- um, controversial stuff for that online. <laughs> <with> no comebacks. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. No, no one's fact
1: checking us. But what I read was John McCain or someone in the Republican Party requested that a document be compiled that was basically just a sh- a dirt sheet on Trump, like any kind of dirt you can find out, put it on this document and then show it. Uh, John McCain handed it into the CIA, which is a bit worrying. They're going to be on the same party, aren't they? They're going to be on the same side, McCain and Trump. So, uh, most, of the Repo-
3: most of the Republicans don't seem to really want to get behind Donald Trump anyway.
1: Yeah, they want to destroy him, it looks like. Yeah, so, uh, pretty much. So yeah, the document itself, I'll leave a link in the description of this podcast if you want to read it for yourselves it was basically like a collation of just all kind of rumors revolving around trump and any possible ties to russia Mm. now did anybody have a little look at this document well i didn't have a look at the document but surprisingly guys i've actually got an exclusive clip
0: that i saved on my mobile phone it's only like five seconds long i'm just going to play a quick bit for you give me a sec i'll get out of my pocket (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> psst, psst.
0: <I> <laughs> <laughs> no, you see that, that's how easy it was for, for me to fake it um i i I don't, I
1: don't think uh there's anything substantial here, to be honest. <laughs> we bear in mind, the Russians invented a uh, chat roulette, and you know chat roulette, every third person you're connected to is a guy wanking on camera. yeah so I mean, maybe to them in my experience. To them, maybe this video was nothing like, do you know what I mean? Like they watched it and then just moved on like it, like they just watched a, a cute dog video. You've it's seen not- it a thousand times. But this 35 page document, not a hell of a lot really in it in terms of it. It's just basically unverified claims of <laughs> just unverified claims that Trump was uh, he was courted by some Russian businessman at one point for very lucrative deals, and then he turned it down. But the most damning claim, the one that got all the headline attention, was, of course, the allegation that Donald Trump despises Barack Obama so fucking much that he hired two or three prostitutes to go into the Ritz Hotel in Moscow, into the room that allegedly Barack Obama and Michelle Obama were sleeping in. And he paid these prostitutes to piss all over the mattress, Hence, Pissgate. Now, everything in this document is completely unverified. It's not proven. And BuzzFeed gave a weird justification for why they published it. They were like, yeah, we knew that all of the allegations in it are completely unverified, but we just thought we'll publish it and we'll let the public decide for themselves whether or not they think it's true. Do we think it's true? Do we think Trump hired prostitutes to piss on Obama's bed? I actually think this whole thing is just irrelevant. I
3: think Tim kind of said before, it's just a personal, you know, if that's what he's into, that's what he's into. The truly shocking things that Trump has done, he's already done. Some of the things that he said Mm. on the campaign trail,
1: about 10,000 times more shocking than whether he paid some prostitutes to piss on a bed. I've got got the feeling that these days, any sort of sexual scandal, doesn't really, like the people don't really care. I think people are actually really yeah, not quite really, liberal not these really. days. Where it comes to like, oh, you sleep with prostitutes? Who gives a fuck? As long as you are not a politician that says no one should be able to do X, and then you are caught doing X.
0: Yeah, I think I think everyone's like a filthy pervert now because of the <laughs> internet. <so. laughs>
1: like standards have
0: dropped
3: considerably. It just also seems weird. It's like if you hate someone, like why would you integrate that into a sexual fetish? Mm, do, do you me. know what I mean? Like if you are feeling sexy, you don't want to think about someone you really hate.
1: Yeah, like Obama is not bothered by the fact. I don't mean, know, it's just me. I don't know. I mean, you me su- the ideas, man. <laughs> I suspect, though, but I suspect Barack Obama and Michelle Obama don't give a shit. But, you know, yeah, it's not the bed they always sleep in. Yeah, how many people have slept on that bed? You know, it's kind of... But, I mean, this is, it's the most damning, the most sensationalist claim, but it's also the one that's the least plausible. And it's, uh, if it turns out that it's not true, this works beautifully for Trump. Because he can turn around, anytime someone accuses him of something, of some sort of scandal, he can turn around and go, oh look, do you remember those Russian prostitutes pissing on Obama's bed? Do you remember that? Do you remember how it was all bullshit? It was was hashtag fake news. So he's got a kind of way that he can always deflect. Yeah, but I suppose,
0: pissing aside, the general narrative was that maybe the Russians would have some sort of leverage. What do they call it? Compromat, over him. Yeah, compromising
1: materials. They don't. How do you know that? That's the whole that's the whole well, point I think the compromise. only I think
0: the only compromise thing they have is the opportunity to like do business and make a bit of cash on the side
1: probably. Not now. And that's why he's happy. Why not? Not gonna happen now, is it? Why? Well, one, he's becoming president for the next four years at the very least. Yeah, but they might do a bit of business together. Two countries. I'm sure they will afterwards. I'm sure Trump's gonna build several golf courses and hotels in Moscow <laughs> afterwards. Like I say, BuzzFeed had weird kind of justification for publishing it. Because the this document was making the rounds. It's been making the rounds for the last several months, so even before the election. But uh, most journalists, or well, all other journalists, decided they weren't going to publish it because they couldn't verify any of the claims, right? So uh, BuzzFeed were put on the back foot by Trump. Trump actually successfully, almost successfully, spun his way out of it completely by changing the story, the narrative was obviously about what a fucking weirdo he is for getting prostitutes to piss on a bed. He changed the narrative to, why are BuzzFeed releasing this? This is yellow journalism. They're lacking in integrity. And it almost worked. Like, CNN and BuzzFeed started attacking each other for a little while. Mm. His BuzzFeed said, um, well, look, CNN referenced the story. So, really, it's their fault. Mm. But I've got the clip here of Trump accusing CNN of being fake news. They're attacking give us a question go since ahead. you're no Mr. President elect go ahead Mr. President elect since you are attacking no, our news not organization you, not can, you can, you. can you give us a chance your organization you are attacking terrible. our news organization and you give us terrible. a chance Let's to go. ask a question sir go ahead sir quiet. can you stay can, quiet miss president elect go ahead can she, you stay categorically question mr president elect can you give us a don't, don't us can you give us a question don't be rude i'm not going to give you a question you can you stay you are fake
2: news sir can you state categorically that nobody
1: no miss president Obama Jim Acosta of CNN there I mean to be honest he was being a little bit obnoxious why not though why, why why should CNN
0: have any sort of credibility and platform if they're not actually telling the truth about things like a lot of people forgot this but in the um, Gulf War one. So, like 1991 or whenever, CNN was famously caught out faking a news report where they were pretending to be like on the outskirts of Baghdad under threat of chemical attack. Yeah. When instead they are on the roof of the CNN building in California with like a blue screen, yeah, I remember ducking this. and pretending there were bullets going off. The whole their whole approach to, to things and there's are so obvious bias in a certain direction. It, it makes things like that easy to believe that they are completely fake.
1: There's half a dozen videos on YouTube of it happening in the last year. Anytime someone started talking ill of like Hillary Clinton or um uh, if they like say they said something positive about George Zimmerman. Okay. You know the guy who shot Trayvon Martin. Like if they start What is
3: there as positive to say about George Zimmerman?
1: But like say if they tried to defend him, <laughs> do you know what I mean? He's he's a good shot. You
3: know, <laughs> is good very accurate.
0: I don't
1: know. He was like two feet away. I mean, he was <laughs> I mean, a moving target. He was running know. away. Oh,
3: In his back. Oh, God. Is this not part of, kind of, comes with the territory of being a president? I mean, when, when President Obama was kind of inaugurated around that time, the whole Bertha movement sort of started. Mm. Shortly Which Donald after, Trump yeah. himself was part of, which he's now rejected, obviously.
1: Do You know what's awful and, about this yeah. is Trump resurrected
3: Isn't it. not this just something that kind of you have to deal with as being a president?
1: I don't know. Because, I mean, uh, I agree with you, like, the Republican strategy, obviously, was we're going to block and object to anything and everything Obama does. And I think Mm. the Democrats are going to do the exact same thing, which is kind of fair enough, right? Because, you know, Republicans did it eight years ago. They've been doing it for the last eight years. But then it's just, it's a downward cycle. It's just going to keep getting worse and worse. And it's already, we already had the government shut down a couple of years ago because everything is so gridlocked. But. I mean, well, just now
3: the Republicans have the, um, the House of Representatives and the Senate. They've got a majority, so...
1: Yeah, but none of then, them like Trump. <laughs>
3: <laughs> He's the only show in
1: town. I mean, I think Barack Obama is obviously less concerned with Pissgate <laughs> than he is with the idea that the Russians hacked the elections. Now, I don't, I don't like that phrase, hacked the elections. It kind of implies they were hacking the voting machines, whereas mm-hmm. obviously that's not the case. They hacked Democrat emails, and supposedly um, it's come out now Republican emails as well, but no one's willing to leak the Republican emails, it seems. Just like, to clarify, not- didn't Donald
3: Trump himself admit that Russia had been had meddled in the US election? It right. seems like a big thing, considering he was yeah. denying it fervently about a week before.
1: He said it kind of like this... Oh and uh, yeah, the the Russians uh, they had some emails and like blah blah blah, and it was like you know what I mean. He kind of said it really casually, like it wasn't a big deal, yeah. and it kind of was. And I think he caught everyone off guard because like nobody interrupted him at that point to be like, "Hey, whoa, 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 what the fuck?" Yeah, I think my
3: understanding is that he what he basically said was, "Yeah, they probably inter- well they intervened, but it didn't affect the overall outcome of the election."
1: That that was going to be my next question because I think uh, it probably didn't. No. It, the thing is, is that is
3: this been linked to this group called the fancy bears who've who've been linked to other things as as well and it's pretty much well it's pretty much well known that they work they are an organization that works within the russian sort of secret services okay and they've been linked to that and several other things as well in europe european politics as well and that's kind of their modus operandum is sort of hacking people's emails and releasing details and blackmailing people
1: trump kept saying oh i created a surge i started a revolution that's bollocks he didn't It's not like hundreds, it's not like Jeremy Corbyn, where hundreds of thousands of new people joined the party. There was no Trump surge. It was a collapse on the Democrat side. Probably, yeah. And
3: I think you were talking before, I think, in a different podcast about polling and how it all got it wrong. I think the truth is, is that Hillary was probably always losing, but people just didn't want to admit when they were being, people were doing polling. They didn't want to admit they were going to vote for Trump. So maybe it wasn't just some big change. Maybe she never really stood a chance. He was a very poor candidate.
0: He's a very enter- he's a very entertaining, charismatic politician. Like love him or hate Strangely. him. Very love I love him or hate him. Like that press conference shows how his his presidency is going to be entertaining. He's going to be full of little sound bites and put downs and disses and talking over
1: people. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong. No. Wrong. No. <laughs> Not you. No, no, the one with the big tits. Yes, you. <laughs> so um the more serious allegations against Trump although maybe not as dramatic, is that he has business ties to Russia. So there's conflicts of interest there. The CIA caught wind of uh, some Russian banks transferring money into American accounts during the election uh, campaigns. The CIA can't investigate an American citizen. They can only deal with foreign matters, right? So they pass it off to the FBI. The FBI creates this joint task force and they go to a Pfizer court to request a Freedom of Information Act sort of thing to get details on these bank transfers from these three Russian banks. And now the first two requests were denied by two separate judges, but their third request was actually approved. And that investigation was ongoing whilst the election results were announced. Yeah. Now, if it turns out that some there was some dodgy dealings going on and the Republicans took money, effectively, or maybe Trump took money from the Russians to help out with the election... But Hillary that, took money from the Saudis to help out with the election. But that was like indirect through the Clinton Foundation, what have you. But if it turns out to be true, that's obviously quite a serious felony, and Donald Trump would probably be impeached. Really? But the problem is, is no one right now, no one knows, is that investigation still going on? Or because Donald Trump won the election, are they just going to drop it now? And so it's almost like we might never know what actually happened. And what I'm seeing is a kind of general consensus that is coming out of it is... Half of people think it's just a kind of, it's just bollocks. It could just be all made up horseshit. But But another half tend to think actually Trump has been compromised in some way and he is in effect kind of a puppet of Vladimir Putin's. Now, do you guys, Anthony, do you buy that at all? Do you think Putin's got some influence over Trump? I,
3: I don't think he does, to be honest. I think they kind of meet minds in some way. I think I can understand why someone like Trump would... Look up to, not look up to, but respect someone like Putin. So I don't think that he's in his pocket, to be honest. But I do think Russia, as you, I think Russia did try and influence the the outcome, but not. I don't think it was decisive. Yeah. But I just think it's a bit of a red herring, the whole thing. And I don't think you know. I think BuzzFeed, you know, it's not a it's not a respected media outlet. So I don't even know why I got the credence that you know people gave it. In a degree, I almost agree with Trump actually when he said it was fake news in the way that. People getting their news from the social media and it's not being verified. It's not reaching journalist standards. Mm. So, <clears throat> but then again, I think the problem is that Trump is someone that manipulates reality to such an extent that he's kind of left himself open now. There is no truth anymore. I mean, he says one thing and changes his mind two days later. So, how can he? He's now, he's kind of helped foster this environment. And what can he do about it when someone says things like that?
1: Yeah, and like you say, with the whole fake news phenomenon, the anytime you hear something that you don't agree with, you just call it fake news. And it goes both ways, do you know what I mean? It's not a left versus right thing.
3: I think there is a general thing that there is a distinction between news that is, goes through a journalist process where you actually verify things and people just put fake articles up on, you know, Facebook. I think there's a difference there. I think BuzzFeed, somewhere between the two, heading towards the Facebook side of things...
1: Yeah, they were uh, desperately trying to change their image. BuzzFeed was known for clickbait articles and listicles, things like that. And then they came under new management recently and they were, oh yeah, we're going to be a real proper professional journalistic outfit. That's all gone to shit now. I don't think BuzzFeed's reputation could ever really, unless you're a real hashtag never Trumper, you really hate Donald Trump. No one's going to take seriously anything BuzzFeed says anymore. But I think joining them slowly but surely is CNN. What exactly did CNN say? Did they, did they also show the dossier? Or no, what they, they? what they did is they referenced the existence of the dossier. And okay. then BuzzFeed took that as a kind of cue. Oh, well, now that CNN has referenced it, we can just go ahead and publish it because the, the knowledge of its existence is out there now. They have an agenda. And I, do, I don't mind that, though. I don't, I don't care that Fox News is really right wing and comes at it from a right wing perspective as long as they're upfront about it. And oh just to clear up for a lot of people that don't understand the BBC impartiality rules it doesn't mean they have to give equal time to different positions or anything like that all it means is the BBC can't take an official stance they can't say yeah. this is the BBC's official stance on x that's all that means
3: but i've seen so many times that people on like take israel palestine yeah. some people are like oh BBC news is so biased towards israel and other people are like oh BBC news is so biased towards the palestinians it's like i can't See it at all? I can't see the BBC having a particular bias on anything. I don't Gosh. think they're left wing. I don't think they're right wing.
0: No. Yeah, the only stance I see the BBC having is like behind a kid on top of the Pops. <laughs> 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 it was the seventies,
3: Tim. It's a different time.
0: <laughs> the, you know, the BBC, CNN, ma- mainstream media it's basically about these these places and people that have gotten too comfortable in their in their little zone in their pocket. Yeah, the little bubble. And the same with like things like CNN and the mainstream media, where people only had previously more limited choices mm. on their media outlets. In the last five years, the, you know, the internet's exploded. Everyone can like choose what flavour they want their news in. Things like the BBC and CNN, they're, they're getting shown shown up now for, for the curmudgeon's they are, because they're not changing with the times, really.
1: I don't think they're doing anything different from what the bloggers on the internet are doing. But the difference between someone like CNN and say, uh, what's his name, Paul Joseph Watson, you know, the Infowars guy, yeah. is CNN has a whole shitload, millions and millions of dollars worth of resources, and they have connections, like they have like important people's phone numbers, but internet bloggers don't have any of that. So it's like, why you would decide between the two, oh, the internet bloggers are the ones who are getting closer to truth, do you know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense to me. It makes sense yeah. to me,
0: because the differences between Paul Joseph Watson and the CNN anchor is that Paul Joseph Watson is allowed to swear. <laughs> he can say words like, fuck, and bastard, <laughs> and things like that. and Instant credibility. It gets. If not credibility, it gets people involved in it. They, they see, oh, an emotional attachment, this guy's really into it, so it must be true, you know. But that's not a good thing. Well, maybe the BBC should start doing that. We should have Moira Stewart going, <laughs> tonight, news at 10, these fucking cunts who robbed the jewellery store <laughs> earlier
1: today. <laughs> like that. Do you think Donald Trump is a... Uh what a russian might call a pozlesny durak yeah totally
3: da what does that da, mean? da uh useful idiot no, uh, useful idiot. no. Uh, useful idiot. i think he's his own man i don't he's own he's, his own idiot. <laughs> he's his own man i don't think he's that stupid i,
0: I think, think he i uh, no 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 i think like a lot of really clever people he actually pretends to be less <laughs> intelligent than he is and it lulls people into a trick into corners did he say did he say bigly did he say bigly or yeah, big big <laughs> bigly it's like a new word yeah no, I think he's, he's a lot more intelligent than people give him credence for. I really do.
3: I missed the question, actually. <clears throat> Sorry, I had to go to the toilet.
1: I was just talking about, like, is he a puppet or is he just a basically a clown? And that Putin's taken advantage of, of the fact that this guy is kind of rocking the boat to such an extent that Putin can actually lay a couple of eggs here and there that are really, at the end of the day, quite insignificant. But because of Trump, this kind of tidal wave of chaos mm. that he's bringing... Putin yeah. can ride it a little bit. He can surf along it a little well, bit. So
0: he's, he's not a puppet and he's not a clown. Maybe he's like a clown puppet. <laughs> <laughs> or a puppet clown. Yeah, because <laughs> maybe, maybe for the other world leaders are looking at him and they're thinking um, his 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 responses to things might be quite easily predicted. So it might help their sort of future plans somewhat. Who knows?
3: I think it would definitely be helpful for Putin have Trump there because... Effectively, the, Putin's main strategy is getting would be either getting countries to leave the European right. Union. He supports a lot of parties in the, yeah. in, the in Europe that want to leave the EU, and to have America sort of disengage with the world is just exactly what he wants.
1: I think, to like even just power. just to damage America's reputation, like that's the whole purpose of Russia yeah. today. <laughs> like that's the yeah. reason Russia today exists. Long-term effects on American politics moving forward i think trump what is this well i think like donald trump in general i think he's an aberration like okay. a anomaly i don't think ev- like the next candidate isn't going to be donald trump but worse or like donald trump but what? amplified do you know what i mean i think it's going to be a bog standard politician that comes next probably be two, do you think two women. because
3: i think i think all the people that voted for donald trump that say want the war bill and you know want to trade war with china what happens if he doesn't do that? I mean,
1: who are they going to vote for next time? It's going to be somebody's that's even more extreme. Shortly, half of them don't care. They re- they they they, really? they view Trump as just like a ball in a China shop who's just kind of pissing the establishment off, and they're happy for him to just do that and that alone. Anyway, but in terms of uh, the media and trust in the media, obviously that's been completely obliterated. When it well, whatever qualifies as mainstream media, anything that's like a big network i guess qualifies as mainstream media but i'm thinking this is going to be the year that you're going to start seeing alex jones a hell of a lot like way more oh than you've God, ever seen him no. before i think you're going to see pr- like prison planet and InfoWars a hell of a lot more on your facebook feed and you know what i mean on twitter he's going to become almost the mainstream news he's going to be so big so many viewers
0: the nice thing is now that the, the nice thing is now if, if there's a big story Anyone has the power in their own hands to look at that story from at least three or four different perspectives.
1: Yeah, but no one does that.
0: You've got you've got like InfoWars, CNN, BBC, Russia Today, <laughs> Al Jazeera TV, um MSNBC, like, you know, the, feed uh, on, the feed on Facebook, Huffington the, Post, the feed on Twitter, you know, anything now we can be can be viewed from enough angles that you can make your own mind up about it.
1: The problem is is not enough people do that. Most people don't even read beyond the headline. But do you think
0: that Alex Jones will just come to Providence because he'll be noisiest
1: in a way, and he's going to provide answers because of like what Anthony was saying earlier of uh, journalistic integrity. Like it has to go through a certain level of uh, like applied, almost like a science, really. Do you know what I mean? To objectively yeah. prove it, Alex it's Jones procedure at least. Yeah, Alex Jones has the luxury of he doesn't have to do any of that. He just has to form a compelling narrative that can sell.
3: Yeah. He's got a really to send the clickbait stuff, you know. You just you come up with some shouty headline, or oh, Obama is a Muslim, or whatever, and you know people will click on it and read it.
1: He's got a real, he's in a real nice, cushy position at the moment.
0: Well, I'm, I'm, am I'm, I'm still debating. I'm thinking I want to order one of those super male vitality drops <laughs> that he sells on his website. <laughs> Testosterone in a pill. I don't know. I'm going to try some and see if it, if it, you know, makes me feel more v- vigorous.
1: So people like to draw parallels with the rise of Donald Trump and Jeremy Corbyn. Although the only lurid allegation against old Jezza is that he once slept with Diane Abbott. Corbyn made an attempt to get in the news last week with the usual incredulous response of he said what from Labour backbenchers. More on that in a sec. It's a new year and a new Jeremy Corbyn. It came out last week that Corbyn had agreed to a new media slash PR initiative whereby he would adopt some of Donald Trump's tactics when dealing with the media to help turn around his abysmal poll ratings. Well, at least he could get a new jacket. (laughs) He still still looks like shit. He did, he got a new blue suit. Oh, come on, you sound like David Cameron. (laughs) (laughs) Of your dick, in a.
3: David Cameron's mother. What tailor do
0: you go to on German Street?
1: He bought a new blue suit that he wore to his first uh, PMQs, and then everyone, they criticised him because it wasn't tailored properly. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know it was he's kind a of a man loose, of the he's...
3: workers. He's not going to be, he's not comfortable in a suit. So, so what,
1: else is he? what else is he, is he going to do that's Trump like? Well, basically, the way that Jeremy Corbyn plans to be like Donald Trump is you know how Donald Trump attacks the media yeah. and the media always attacks Donald Trump? Well, that's, he's kind of got the same thing going on there with Jeremy Corbyn. Anytime Corbyn does anything, the media, the press immediately come out and attack him. And so he's saying, I'm going to be like Donald Trump and I'm going to try and spin. Whenever the media attacks me, I'm going to deflect it back on the media because Donald Trump has actually been quite successful in doing that. Yeah, and and Corbyn is an anti-establishment. I'm using that word again, yeah. sorry, but he, <laughs> he
0: is he is an yeah. anti anti the established order yeah. type sort of person. Um, so in that way, he's he is like a sort of very polite version of, of Trump. He's more anti-establishment than Trump is for sure. But he's but the difference between him and Trump is whereas whereas Trump is very sort of futuristic ideals. <laughs> <laughs> Futuristic. In what's comparison, future- in comparison, comparison to Corbyn's ideas. politics, Corbyn's politics seem to be Trump's, stuck in a time yeah. warp of nineteen seventies, Trump's student 80s. bedsit, you know, Owenism.
3: What's the forward thinking of Trump? What is he? What's the futurism? Bad Mexico. He's expensive. <laughs> yeah, no Muslims.
1: Put a wall. Yeah. Wow. There's no Muslims in the Inspires. future. There's no Mexican rapists. But uh, do you think Jeremy Corbyn? He has the right characteristics to pull off being a sort of Donald Trump because Tim you said earlier Donald Trump's got a lot of charisma I think Corbyn's kind of like a charisma black hole or when you see him going out in the morning
0: through Islington and his like little one piece cycling waterproof outfit (laughs) his little helmet he looks so stupid like maybe he should just not wear his helmet
1: one day like live a bit dangerously yeah no one looks good in a helmet riding a bicycle I mean even Boris Johnson wore you know and he's the people's politician Oh, I thought you were going to say the people's champ for a second. <laughs>
3: well, I don't know. I mean, you know, apparently, you know, some people seem to think that he's like, you know, rooting for uh, the workers, the uh, the underdogs,
1: not part of the establishment. But back to Corbyn. I don't think yeah. Corbyn has the media presence that Donald Trump has to make the media look like shits.
3: I think, that, I think the secret with Jeremy Corbyn is, and what he's not doing, because he's not a man that has any natural charisma... He needs to get a bit angry. You know what I mean. He's the kind of it's probably spent a lot of time on demonstrations and debates, but he doesn't doesn't come out in front of the camera. He needs to get a bit angry. You know, Yeah, I agree. a little bit of fire come out.
1: Because I, you know, I donated fifty pounds to his uh, election campaign. No, this was yeah, back, I remember you saying this yeah. was back when he was like two hundred to one odds. To even just make it to the end, let alone win. You, you, should, I mean? you should have
0: bet that yeah, £50 pounds that. at 200 to 1. Yeah, yeah I would have. Yeah, I would have fucking
1: given it to him. But I got hustled because I was watching Corbyn. What I saw of Corbyn was him at rallies. You know, like you mentioned demonstrations, Anthony, right? Yeah. He did get angry at the rallies and the demonstrations. He had a bit of fire in his belly. And even, uh, I remember even Peter Hitchens was like, he looks like a leader when he's at the rallies. But when he's at the dispatch box, he's fucking useless in like pmq yeah, something's you know I mean? not
3: translating across so i don't know why well he's but, i got
0: hustle he he needs to be more he needs to be more um uh, forthright and single minded in things he's too calculating like a very good example was this week we had southern rail pickets and also london underground uh Ooh. rmt pickets the underground one was like a national tragedy, yeah, it damages the the economy.
1: No one in Leeds gave a fuck.
0: No one in Leeds gave. But it affects it affects the economy, so it pays all their benefits, basically. Okay, <laughs> but um, but it was horrible, you know. But the thing is, he he said he, he he happily like went and stood on the picket with the Southern Railway, but then he didn't do it for the Tube people because he didn't want to lose support in London. And for me, that's just an example of how, like, because he's always having to think as a national leader but also sort of maintain his little
1: <laughs> Isleten, corporate
0: friends, me- yeah. metropolitan elite bubble. I know it's another term you don't like. Oh, but God. He, because he's juggling that with being the man of the people. He's got to choose one or the other.
1: In his first announcement last week, he was being pro-working class, left-wing.
0: And then he changed his mind
1: the next day to the, the opposite. Well, That's yeah. the thing, he does that on let so many say, issues. Let me say what he announced first. So he announced plans, maybe suggestions... On having a maximum salary cap so say like you wouldn't be able to earn more than two hundred thousand pounds a year I don't think he actually threw out a figure but just as an example but then like you say to him he quickly walked it back which is kind of trumpian if I can invent a word here well Trump isn't prime Trump audacious you know. yeah.
0: <laughs> but but like but like, but like Trump <laughs> like like Trump 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 will be in power in a few days time mm. hopefully and Corbyn... uh he isn't going to be prime minister anytime soon. So, like, like Trump, they're both in the same position at the moment where they can say things and then backtrack. Maybe when Trump's, Trump's in, maybe when Trump's in power, he won't have that luxury of backtracking. So that's different. He won't, no. he won't have that luxury. Yeah. But but Corbyn will still have that luxury, but he's got to stay away from it and just be much more determined and single tracked.
1: So yeah, um, and get a new coat. But Corbyn, like I say, he walked back from his statement on a salary cap in favour of uh, a pay ratio scheme. Right. Whereby, say... Well, um, the pay ratio scheme. So, Say, for example, if the CEO... Uh, if the lowest paid worker earns a certain amount per year... Oh, like the CEO, CEO, for example, yeah. can't earn more than... Like, yeah. say, two, like, 20 times what the lowest paid worker gets paid. And there mm. are some companies that do that. Not many in Britain. I think it in uh, like Scandinavian Europe, yeah. countries you get it. Some mm. charities do it, obviously, for like, obvious reasons to keep costs down. I mean it's not a case of like it's completely unworkable scheme and even though it's a kind of uh, dirty word at the moment it's a popular if not populist idea
0: yeah whereas on the, the, the on the other hand uh, a salary a maximum salary cap is completely unworkable it's unrealistic it's not enforceable in real life because companies can always offer people benefits bonuses cash in hand things under the table and it's also anti competition as well
1: This is the capitalist stance though and Jeremy Corbyn obviously he's not capitalist no so i mean it's like for corbyn that argument is a little bit moot do you know what i mean he's trying to he wants a different order anyway So saying like oh well you know yeah if you do this people won't you won't be able to attract talent that kind of argument i don't know i don't know if we have the counterfactual universe where we can say oh well look, look they did it in that universe and it didn't work yeah. But we the, shouldn't be so dismissive like Jeremy Corbyn wants a new world but he effect. needs he needs to do it in smaller steps he needs to yeah, but this do isn't other isn't that, first. I don't think it's that bigger step i mean the salary cap would be kind of radical i agree but he's already walked back from that in favor of this pay scheme idea which i don't think is outrageous do you think in in his own way he deliberately says and
0: talks about these things which are unobtainable just as a way of like bringing them into public
1: conversation and consciousness yes. so mm. in, in that way he's probably you know, doing quite a good thing. Because someone has to do it. And like you say, you can't jump to the new world overnight. Maybe that's how he justifies it to himself. But there's still no excuse to like have a shabby coat when you've got that much money. Would you be willing, say you uh, you became unemployed and you were looking for a new job and uh, a company offered you a job and they were saying, oh yeah, we operate under this ratio pay scheme, whereby whatever you earn as like, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming you're coming in at the lowest level here, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> like whatever you I've, got, I've got no shame. I've got no <laughs> shame C- being a minimum wage man. The CEO can't <laughs> earn more than like 50 times what you're getting paid. Yeah. Does that appeal to you in any way? It makes
0: no difference to me because, it, it, like you say, when it boils down to it, you, people call it a capitalist system, but it's not. It's, it's, a, it's a survival system. You take the job if it's available if you needed
1: the money. Another word for that would be exploitation. Yeah. Take advantage of desperate people but to be honest the sad truth is they're not really desperate because
0: i i say it's arguable now that in this country it's it's a valid possibility or choice you can choose not to work in this country if you don't want to and you won't go hungry you won't be homeless in america depends how
1: shameless you are i think
0: yeah i know but in america if if you just choose not to work you'd be homeless soon and hungry but over here there is a safety net. Mm. Um, so it's not really
1: exploitation because people do have the choice to stay at home and watch Jeremy Kyle. The annoying thing about the safety net though, because I agree with you in principle, it's much better to be poor in Western, Northern Europe than it is America. In right? England. That's why everyone in the whole world comes here. the thing is, working class people tend to not be aware of what benefits are available to them. But just psychologically, uh, it's good to work. Because I was out of work for a few weeks and the first week is fine. It's fun. But then after seven days of waking up with absolutely nothing to do, yeah, you get depressed and you start going online a lot more. You start visiting conspiracy theory websites a lot more and you start thinking about maybe Michelle mm. Obama is a dude. Okay, I'm going to play a clip of Jeremy Corbyn now. He's talking about Britain being a really unequal society, becoming increasingly... Well, the gap between rich and poor is widening, widening uh, at a rate of knots. Yeah, every day. Right, Here we go.
0: One of the proposals that you've given this morning that might be very appealing to some of your, uh, many mm. of your supporters is the idea of capping income. Mm. Now, do you really believe that in this country people should be told that they can earn no more than a certain amount?
3: I think you have to look at each company and say, well, is it really right that the chief executive should earn 100 or more times than those who are actually doing the work that are keeping that company going? I think we have to look at the issues of disparity within companies but and But that's within rather different than
0: saying, as a Labour Prime Minister, no, you would not. cap the level of income. I mean, is that actually what you're well, saying? we're you consulting would have on it. are discussing it now.
3: Either you do a cap or you look at the levels of disparity within organisations. Other countries have got some policies developing this I I think we need to consult
1: with them and learn some lessons on it. Is that not a fair point that it is unfair? Yeah, I think it's it a fair point. Good. It is unfair. Well,
2: yeah, we, no, no, I,
3: I agree. I don't think a cap is the right way to do it. No. I agree with him on that. It's because it's not workable. Most, most you know, people that own companies get paid dividends. They don't get paid, they're not employees. So, you know, there's so many different ways that we could adjust our taxation system. But a cap, I don't think would be the right way. Because there is actually enough money sloshing around to give everyone like a few hundred
0: pounds every year, Um but we spend it on rubbish, you know. Instead,
3: Um but but that's, I think that's. But the, the point, point is, is, actually, even if you give people a load of money and they go and decide to just waste it on stuff, go buy themselves a PS4, mm. well, that's actually good for the economy.
1: Yeah, it's still driving. You know, if it, it does
3: come back to into consumption, then it, you know, it, it's not necessarily a bad thing. But there's more of an ethical problem, I think, about just giving people, you know, a lump sum of money. Um, but it's an interesting idea, like people talking about sort of you know a reverse kind of banker's bailout instead of giving you know big organizations a load of money what would have happened if we'd just given everyone in the UK say I don't know five grand what would have happened you know they yeah. probably would have just spent it, but it would have gone back into the economies they're yeah. so, no, not.
1: We're not the Chinese. They wouldn't... British people wouldn't just put it into their bank accounts and let it sit there. Well, we're we're, we're all technically
0: shareholders in the Bank of Scotland, aren't we? No, we sold that. Well, I didn't see any money from it. (laughs) They used my money to bail it out.
3: Well, that's an interesting idea, actually, because there was a book that came out. um, It caused a bit of a stir. I think it was a couple of years ago. It was called Capital, kind of named after, I guess, uh, Karl Marx's book, Capital. Mm. But basically, this guy theorised the reason that there is this disparity between rich and poor, part of the reason... It's because rich people own assets, which have actually gone up in value. Houses. So maybe if we try to spread that out and have more people owning shares, then they themselves are benefiting as well from a company's success. So that's like another idea maybe of getting rid of inequality. More people own stuff.
1: I favour more co-ops and things and like they, that. And they, all the staff there seem a lot happier and more engaged in the actual business. Now, another controversial statement that Jeremy Corbyn was supposed to make, but then... Ended up not making because basically the way it works now with politicians, anytime they're going to make an announcement, they give a little preview away to journalists the night before. So they've got something they can write up quickly in the morning. Like like, I mean? like, a, like a teaser trailer for the latest yeah, exactly, blockbuster. Yeah. And in this preview, Corbyn was supposedly going to announce that Labour are kind of calling on their position of the EU's freedom of movement principle that they might like walk away from it if that's what it takes to become popular again, for their ratings and the polls to go up. Very quickly, Corbyn, again, in a Trumpian fashion, walked back from this. Now, allegedly, he walked back from it because he got a phone call from Diane Abbott. Why is she so tied to it, though? It's I, just, think,
0: I just don't see the logic in it. Why, why Why? would you leave the front door of your house open?
1: I can see someone who nice. is like, OK, I'm dedicated to internationalism. Part of that, like, it's not, maybe, maybe it's not a necessary prerequisite, but it's not out of... Think doesn't? It? It's not like it's completely out of line that someone who wants countries to work together more to be in favor of freedom of movement, like it kind of makes sense. I think it destroys. Yeah, can I also just make the
3: point? It's also partly part and parcel, I think, of globalization, which obviously a lot of people are now reacting against. But it's the freedom of movement of not just you know products and capital; it's also the freedom of movement of people. Yeah. So you've got one country that needs more people, and one country doesn't needs less. Whatever going through different cycles in their economy more that people can move around, the more it benefits us all. So there is this sort of economic theory as well to it that, that kind of works. But obviously you couldn't
1: just have everyone in the world going wherever they want. That just wouldn't be practical. I think that's what we're getting, though. Because, I mean, to me, I make a distinction between freedom of movement of labour... So, say uh, Britain has 10,000 structural engineers, but only 5,000 vacancies. But say somewhere like in Germany, there's another 5,000 vacancies. Okay, well, half of those 10,000 British structural engineers will work in Britain. The other half goes over to Germany. It makes sense. Like the allocation of resources makes sense there. Yeah. But it's turning into economic migration where someone who lives in a relatively poor country, uh, a comparatively poor country, will want to move. To a comparatively rich country and they will use the freedom of movement to be able to do that and they'll be able to pick whichever country they want to go to and the majority of them will pick the same country and if there's a narrative that says this is the best country to go to yeah, yeah. definitely so and th- that leads to problems because that isn't fair it's not fair and hungry yeah i
3: think part of the problem with immigration is it's the whole debate's been stifled for so long that and so taboo That people, the debate hasn't happened and people haven't really put forward actually the pros and cons of it. It's just been something that's been pushed under the carpet and people have reacted negatively now against it as though it's some kind of conspiracy.
1: I mean, like overall GDP goes up, I think, roughly 1% year on year, uh, thanks to immigration. Yeah, but like that is an argument. Okay, But, it's but, why,
2: but
0: exactly, why, why are the only arguments for anything, not just immigration, but all sorts of different policies, why is the only positive argument that's ever given for things
1: an economic one? It's like, okay, we can make £40 pounds more every year. Why? I know the answer. Tell me. I think I know the answer. I'm speculating. Well, not really. So, so I can I get know. married. <laughs> but I think here's why the economic argument is viewed and treated as like the Trump card. Boom, there it is. Debate over. It's because politics is sort of dead. We live in a world where it's kind of a zombie politics, where the actual political philosophy side of things is kind of died off. And it's more just about monetarism. It's more about just you just manage the economy. That is the role of politics. Manage the economy. So everything goes through the economic argument lens because there's nothing else. This is why I support Corbyn. He's expanding what's called the Overton window. The Overton window is like, um, it's the idea that there's a limited range on any given topic of acceptable opinions. So like what the debate could actually be about is limited to only a couple, like one or two things, even though there's actually, there's a wider conversation to be had on it. And absurdities and things like that. Yeah, but I mean, I get like you, you try and shrink the Overton window to keep out the really, the crazies, the real extremists. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's gone too far now. Well it's got it's got too small too narrow. It's got to the point where anyone who's even like remotely right wing is considered like pure evil. It's gone like it's too much. I think it was that way but I think it's actually started
0: to slide the other way slightly now. The old horseshoe. No, variant. I think I think like we say even we're having the uh, debate about immigration and stuff whereas 5 or 6 years ago it would
1: have been more of a touchy subject. So I think yeah. things are changing a bit. Maybe it takes the extremists to get something on the table. So the moderates can actually talk about it, and I don't. I like Jeremy Corbyn actually widening widening the conversation to. It's yeah. not just about economics; it's about fairness. Yeah, do you know what I mean? That's a word yeah. I've not really heard people say in politics in a in a sincere way like that for a long time. So do you know what I mean, Anthony? Well, yeah.
3: No, I mean, it depends who you want to go. It's just it's hard to float that idea for sort of the the pure principle of internationalism and say actually look. You know, we are one planet, and you know, at the end of the day, having people from different cultures and different religions is actually makes our culture richer. People aren't making that argument. You know, it's easier to make the argument of just its economics. Um, they can't but, put because so- the other idea is more abstract. And yeah, people don't yeah. get it, and some people just reject our hand, which is fair enough. But it's a more abstract idea to make.
1: So Corbin, he he uh, he put out a kind of enigmatic quote here in order to clarify his position on EU freedom of movement, Labour is not wedded to freedom of movement for EU citizens as a point of principle, but I don't want that to be misinterpreted, nor do we rule it out. What the fuck does that mean? No, I'm confused. Exactly. And I think Corbyn was confused when he said that. It means, please don't vote UKIP. Yeah.
2: Because
1: that's basically
0: who they've got to target yeah in in, in the, the northern heartlands of labor that aren't their
1: heartlands and they're losing really. votes to ukip like i said but he, he in trumpian fashion he walked back from this statement saying oh well really what i meant was i want a fairer immigration system whereby an employer and he named sports direct here directly mm. of we don't want dodgy employers exploiting migrant workers And he wanted a reform to the immigration system in that sense. Like, he put a progressive kind of polish on it. Do you know what I mean? He's obviously a hypocrite, because he obviously buys all his clothes from Sports Direct. (laughs) (laughs) Where's their geography teacher section? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm talking about his, like, cycling onesies. Anthony, do you think it's a smart ploy by Corbyn here to try and get Labour involved in the immigration discussion But like I say, with a kind of liberal bleeding heart slant to it. It's a tricky one because it's a really
3: hard spot for Labour. I mean, I think Ed Miliband had tried to sort of get over this back in the last general election really quite badly. And I remember they were printing out mugs and stuff like, oh, we're going to get it right on immigration, whatever the fuck that means. But (laughs) I think it's a tricky one because I think his natural instincts to be much more pro-immigration, but he's also probably thinking the mood of the country post-Brexit, is quite anti. So I think, uh, you know, I think he needs to be a little bit more, you know, clearer and a little bit truer to what he believes in this rather than pandering.
1: I don't think it will work. I I think he's obviously trying to do something to undercut the fact that Labour are losing votes to UKIP. But I think if if you really were concerned about uncontrolled mass immigration, or even just immigration in general, why would you not vote UKIP? Why would you vote Labour instead of UKIP?
3: Well, because a lot of those traditional voters are people that are, might be people that feel quite strong about workers' rights and, you know, traditionally see Labour as their home. And fundamentally, UKIP doesn't have that tradition. I mean, they've started to try and spout some of that stuff. But if you look back at everything that Nigel Farage has ever said in his career, he's, you know, he's a Tory through and through. You know, he doesn't, he's not, people, he's not a man of the workers. You know, he's somebody who talked to in the past about basically getting rid of the NHS. So, you know, would you trust that party? You know, just because you happen to agree with some of the stuff on immigration.
1: Now, a lot of people said 2016 was a horrible year, but I think it had its ups and downs. I I voted Leave. It was a historic year. Historic. Historic year. I think the year, I think the year had its ups and downs. Like any other year, really. And uh, just like that there are good and bad movies in any given year. With that in mind, let's talk some movies. Just quickly, do we have any favourite movies of 2016 that were... Maybe favourite and worst movies of 2016. Anybody want to have a go? Okay. Yeah, I've got a couple.
3: Go on, then. It's going to pain me to say this because it's a superhero movie. Um, but... Suicide Squad was absolutely awful.
0: That was going to be one of mine as well. Dreadful. And I watched the extended cut thinking it would be better, but it was even more confusing and rubbish.
3: See, I was hoping the extended cut, that it would make a lot more sense and that they just, because it looks like a kind of film that's just been edited so much and such a mess that Mm. maybe it was good and it just got messed up. What was
1: even the point of having a Joker in it? Yeah, he's in, he's got like eight minutes of screen time. He was supposed to have more. He complained, Jared Leto, he complained he was
0: out of it too much but the script is terrible there's no memorable lines or mm. interactions between characters absolute bollocks film I, I, I've got I, I haven't got high hopes for the Justice League film oh what, no not after that no or, um, I was it's just even, about it, to
1: say I didn't watch Suicide Squad because Batman versus Superman Dawn of Confusion was so bad I think Batman versus Superman was better,
3: but in the yeah. way that kind of you know various kinds of cancer are slightly better than the other. But I'll it, tell
0: you, a superhero movie I did enjoy was um, Doctor Strange.
3: I was going to say actually, i have seen yeah. that. Yeah. I'd
0: watched that a few times. It was really entertaining. Um, like you, d- d- after like Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, is it becomes
1: Doctor Strange? You can't imagine anyone else playing him. I also liked uh, Deadpool. If we're talking comic book movies, mm-hmm. oh Deadpool's awesome! Yeah. Very refreshing. There's a word I would use. It broke yeah. the formula in a nice way. Definitely, but I think the prop. the only thing with Deadpool is I wanted to like
3: watch it with Vanessa, but I just thought she's not gonna get half if you're not into comic book movies, I think you move you, you miss a lot of the references. It's fine for me, obviously. I'm you know, a bit of a geek in that regard. But I think some a lot of it might be over the head of some people that don't really follow action you know, the kind of hero movies.
0: Well the Deadpool in itself, it does take the piss out of some of the tropes of Oh, definitely. Action That's films. exactly why. I love the line where he talks about, "Oh, here we come, here we go." She's going to do a
1: superhero landing. She's going to do a superhero landing. Yeah, Boom. Yeah, she's done one. You know. Did either of you guys see Green Room? This is a really yes. Yeah, I saw it. Hyman and myself love this film. Is I that thought it was good. good. Is I that mean, it that got Patrick Stewart in. Yeah, yeah he's a racist. Yeah. I almost
0: it's bought a racist it, Picard. but I didn't know that. I'm going to buy it. It sounds good. He's a mumbling racist.
1: Yeah, is I he mean, an American? Like, is, he, is he like they a southern like- accented American? Not really, no, no, but he's like... Poor Shakespearean. <laughs> you get the feeling he's quite a well-educated guy, but he's a neo-Nazi. And so he's, he's really, he's left with no one else to befriend other than like ill-educated, slack-jawed, yokel, type of Yeah, he's in. quite intelligent, eloquent, and yeah. I thought that was really good, starring the late Anton Yelchin. Yeah, didn't he die? He got run over by his own car or something? Yeah, I never. I thought it was funny as well at first, but it, it turns out it's an actual fault with the car. Like, the handbrake doesn't work properly.
3: Yeah, I did like that movie. I did think it was good.
1: Uh, what about uh, The Big Short? I like that. That was really early 2016, in the UK, I think. It might have been 2015 for Americans, but...
3: I've read the book but I haven't seen the movie it's but got- I saw a bit of the movie and I thought it looked like they it's something really hard to visually put across when you're talking about things like different layers of uh, credit and stuff like that and I think they kind of did that quite well Has that got Christian Bale in?
1: Yeah. yeah Yeah, I
0: know the one you are talking about Oh, yeah. The Revenant? Did we like The Revenant? Um, I watched it I I did enjoy it I felt it was a bit a bit overlong it could have been a bit shorter but uh, 2
1: hours 40 I think it was Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: but uh, yeah, great, very gritty and you sort of
1: felt like you were out there in the the woods. Tom Hardy was amazing in that film. Yeah, cool fight at the end as well. <laughs> yeah. My worst film of 2016: Sausage Party. Did anyone see? I have seen no. It. I've only seen, seen the it. trailer. Anthony, you've seen it. I have. Yeah. What did you uh, What did you make of it? I was disappointed. I still thought it had some laughs in it.
3: A few bits were funny, but overall, it was a bit of a mess. You know what I really hated actually was the very end. Mhm. Spoiler alert. You know when they kind of do everything and they go, "Actually, you're not a sausage, you're an actor called Seth Rogen." Oh, I'm
1: just I'm just a Jewish beagle. am no, no, you're a great actor, Ed Norton. Like Hyman, yeah. like oh my god, Hyman didn't watch it, but I was explaining it to him. We reviewed it on one of our past episodes. Yeah. And he was just like, "No! <laughs> no!" <laughs> Fuck you, Seth Rogen. <laughs> no, it's terrible. I don't understand the point of just adding that in at the end, like because they had to. Uh, we concluded they had, they had, they either did that or they just accepted their fate. You Which either, was to die. Yeah, you either die horribly at the hands of evil humans or you get thrown into an abyss, a bin. So it's like yeah, it was always going to be a depressing ending.
3: Yeah, that's true.
1: Movies coming up in 2017. There's little, loads of
3: big ones, isn't
1: there? I've got a little list here of some of them. Now, a lot of these are not original uh, IPs, as it were, intellectual properties. They're kind of remakes and sequels. So first and foremost, Beauty and the Beast. Not interested. No. Sorry. I'm well, oh, other- actually looking forward to Spider-Man Homecoming, but yeah. Yeah, it should, if, if it's done well, it should be it
0: should be fantastic. But the, the the other superhero film that I'm looking forward to is simply because I enjoyed the original so much, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I hated yeah. it.
1: I hated Guardians of the Galaxy. I really oh, did.
3: It's like. a real, it's a marmite movie because I've mm. I've spoken to several people who love it and I then love hate it. it, and then I watched it and I quite liked it to be honest. It
0: really, it affected me a lot more deeply than I thought a superhero film should. I, I I at the cried. end of it,
1: at the end of it, I was <laughs> I practically crying. Okay, Stephen King's It rebooted. Really? Oh yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Again, Any no, interest yeah. in this? No, because no, I used to love Pennywise. Well, I hated
0: Pennywise. He scared the shit out. of Yeah, me. he was a really scary figure. Why we make it? like Robocop why did
1: they remake it it's just shit because by today's standards I guess the old it was like a 90s TV movie or something yeah I guess it is a bit tame by today's standards there's also
3: the issue of the Stephen King curse which it seems like 90% of all the film adaptations of his books are absolute rubbish
1: Uh, Ghost in the Shell starring Scarlett Johansson starring White Woman I don't know how that could be any better than the anime yeah what could be
3: added by having a live action yeah. The trailer looked alright, to be honest.
0: It looked okay, but... But it looks almost like it looks shot for shot, like the anime. They definitely yeah. Even, even the, even the it camera angles and sweeps, it looks identical. What's the point if you're going to remake something?
1: I'm going to go see the original anime. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll come and see that. Yeah. Is it Prince Charles? No, it's at West India Quay, uh, Cineworld. Okay. 21st January. Mm, okay. Ooh, Lego Batman. I liked Lego Movie, apart I've from seen, the song. I I've hate not, the song. I've not seen any Lego films. I'm a bit of a luddite in that. It's not
3: bad. It's
0: not I've a bad seen film. a bit of
1: it, and
3: it seemed okay, but Vanessa hated it, so we turned it off. Okay. Because that's what it's like to be married.
1: <laughs> so that's a no to Lego Batman. Oh, one I'm, I'm looking forward to, The Founder, with Michael Keaton, the story of uh, McDonald's. How McDonald's became a franchise. Okay, Yeah, I've heard about that. But apparently the guy who turned it into a franchise didn't invent McDonald's. It was two brothers who had a small little fast... They invented fast food as a concept, but they were only open two days a week or something like that. Idiots. And he kept trying to get them to franchise out and they wouldn't do it. And then he basically stole McDonald's from them. Sounds right. Capitalist Tim. (laughs) Dickheads. It looks like it could be a good one. We already talked about Justice League, didn't we? Well, let's just quickly... Well, just those.
0: just my lack of faith in the whole DC film universe so far. Yeah, DC are rubbish, oh, I think. They're, they're pinning all their hopes on Wonder Woman being fantastic. Oh, Jesus. But, An so, man. but so far, Wonder Woman looks like a sort of Captain America rip-off. She's just, like, steaming her way through battlefields. But it isn't the same, because Cap fought Nazis, whereas she's just fighting, like, German soldiers in World War One. It hasn't got the same political weight, but they're going to try and take the same sort of angle to it, and it's going to be okay. bollocks.
1: Is it Zack Snyder again? Um, no idea actually. If it is, I can't be bothered. No, no. They're slowly edging him out of it. I'm only gonna watch uh, I think there's gonna be a standalone Ben Affleck Batman film.
3: Yeah, I would watch him. I would watch yeah. a standalone.
1: Because I think he's quite good as
3: Batman. Yeah.
1: yeah, I liked him a lot actually. I wouldn't mind seeing more of Jared Leto
0: as the Joker, because I feel yeah, like no, you, I agree, you, did, you didn't really get a feel for him mm. watching the Suicide Squad. Well, it was a yeah, cameo, Everyone's
3: comparing it? yeah, everyone's comparing him to Heath Ledger, but I agree with Tim, you don't see him enough to have yeah. any idea of actually what it is. It's a slightly different take on the joke. They just made him see-
0: seem like a bit of a gangster nightclub owner. Basically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> With it's the
3: Jack Nicholson thing of like, he's a gangster, but he's quite quirky. Because
1: the rumour was, Jared Leto really got into it. Like yes. he was the Joker even when he was offset and blah blah blah. And then he's barely in the film. He must be so gutted to see the final cut. But like Yeah, um, apparently
3: he uh, he sent his crew members like uh, used condoms and stuff like that and yeah, dead animals yeah. in a box. They're <laughs> like what? embarrassing, and then you're only in the movie for eight minutes. <laughs> they like, probably yeah. were like that. They were like that. They were like, Have you read the fucking script?
0: What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Just put the makeup on and show up. You don't need to fucking yeah. wank
1: into a shoe and Just go send do, it to me by FedEx. Go do coke in your trailer and piss off, Joe. <laughs> ah, one that is kind of a uh, maybe a bit marmite, as you say, Anthony. Alien yep. Covenant. I'll watch it.
0: I enjoyed Prometheus. And I want to see oh, what. Oh God! Happened. Don't say that. Tim. Did you understand it, Tim? Uh, yeah, but if if you approached oh, it from a film that wasn't anything about alien and ripley it's i know which is why it was disappointing really but if you just approached it as a film about the origins of human life then i I found it fascinating
1: okay but it does seem from the trailer it seems like this is just a reboot of prometheus it's almost like scene for scene beat for beat the same fucking film it's like it's almost like they're responding to the criticism and saying okay look we'll just do the same film again pretty much the same plot but we'll just fill in the gaps and we'll introduce the uh xenomorph the humanoid Xenovolt Morph. Yeah, apparently they've got a new
3: kind of alien and it's called like a... Something like a Neomorph or something like that. Okay. But like you can see it hatching. If you watch the trailers, you can Ow. see he's hatching out of his shoulders oh, instead
1: I of his, like, chest. A yeah. backburster. A backburster. <laughs> it looked like, it like his whole body was changing. Okay, next one. Yeah. Another comic book movie. Oh. Logan. I thought the last. I've seen the trailer, yeah. I thought the last standalone Wolverine film was actually decent. The Japanese uh, it was the one in Japan, yeah, yeah. What's okay, it called? The... just
3: Wolverine is that what it's called? Yeah. Just...
1: yeah, The ending was dog shit. The giant samurai yeah. robot, yeah, it was yeah. bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he his thing, like the guy's face, like suddenly turns really young at one point.
3: <laughs> yeah. But these little
1: these yeah. little wires come out of his hand and then go directly into Wolverine's hands. Like, <laughs> it was such a. Uh... There were some terrible. cool sequences though, like the bullet train sequence was cool, where he's on the yeah, roof like like, sliding around. Yeah, one I'm looking forward to in a way uh, Kong Skull Island. Okay, I want to see. Really? This is going to be the setup to the fight with Godzilla, and I want to see. I want to see that again because the last one, the I think it was like made in the fifties or sixties. It was such campy bullshit. Like I think Godzilla did like a flying drop kick at one point. <laughs> I want to see like a little bit more of like a serious film, and where they're both. 600 metres tall and what have you. I'm, I'm alone on that one, all right.
3: Kind of, yeah. I'm not really... A f- I didn't
1: like the the original... Not the original original, but
3: I didn't like the previous movie about King Kong. It just didn't really do anything for me.
1: Oh, the... You know, the what's one his with, name? Um, Jack Black and... Yeah. He's the director. Was it that? Was that... Which it, was, was it? it was Peter Jackson. That's yeah, it. it was Peter Jackson, yeah, Lord yeah. of the Rings guy. He tried to repeat Lord of the Rings
0: epicness and it just didn't really work. Again, it was like two and a half hours long and they spent far too much time on Skull Island. And-
1: oh. Train Spotting Two really going to Do- look forward to see that. Yeah, I want to
0: see that because the original was like such an iconic film. I don't know about you. It was what was it twenty years ago? Yeah, longer 95? than ninety tw- five. Longer than twenty years ago. So like, um, but the age no, I was, you know, was like 96. the the age we all were when it came out. It was like such a youth culture thing.
1: But well, you're a few years older than us.
0: Okay, but like, yeah, but like the soundtrack to it and everything was like, yeah, yeah the soundtrack's amazing, really log, popular. Log
1: a log it, log log. Yeah,
0: like, it it encapsulated a whole. Era, especially for me, of being like young and going out and stuff. That's why I think it
1: won't work. It'll it's be... twenty years too. It's too far removed from what it was. And have you watched the trailer?
3: Yeah. Unfortunately, yes. The trailer choose has Twitter, issues. choose
1: Facebook, choose zero-hour contracts. It's too on the nose. It's, yeah. it's too blunt. Well, I'll
0: be interested to see how much influence it takes from the actual. Because Irving Welsh, the author of Train Spotting, he did actually write a sequel, uh, which used the same ca- a lot of the same characters, called Porno.
1: Yeah, I've read ah. it.
0: Yeah, and um, but they sort of get into that industry.
1: What I've heard is you and, know the uh, the violent guy Begbie. Yeah, he's gay. Yeah, and, this, and yeah. that explains his insecurities. And- it's again,
3: it's a bit lazy, isn't it?
1: So, so we'll yeah, see. We'll see what a bit trying, what influences
3: it take.
0: Yeah. But you know, Danny Boyle, great director. Yeah, and, um, yeah, that's true. We'll just see like how how it knits together like one of the big powers of the first film it felt very subversive because it didn't glorify drug use in any way but it no. didn't condemn it too much either and it made it a very entertaining by the illicit, end, I think it did. illicit sort of film by but the can, end he's he's choosing life yeah. not drugs but, it, but it, it, it allows you to have sort of the experience of taking drugs yeah it shows without actually, actually it could be fun as well even without, if there's a negative without sorry. actually the, the hangover's you know, come yeah. downs afterwards. So I think that's why it appealed to a lot of people at that time. So yeah. Yeah, I think the
3: trailer itself, if you look at it, part of the, the only problem I had with the trailer was, and this goes back to a video I think I sent you a link for before about sort of intertextuality. Do you mm. remember that that link I sent you?
2: Yeah.
3: They're, they're appealing too much to shots from the first movie. It's too much like, oh, do you remember that scene in the first one? Well, we're doing it again. And it's like, why me- not just you do me- your own your own claim rather than just saying, Hey, we're going to do that again. Do you remember you like seen...
1: this? Do you remember you used to like this? You liked the millennium Falcon. Do you remember that? Hmm. It's my faith think. in, in movie goes. That's what I liked about episode seven. It worked as closure for me. It was what the prequels weren't in the sense that it wasn't entirely new. It was a lot of hmm. old shit that you kind of know and love. And it, you had the three characters back together again, even though they weren't on screen together they're in the same film again. And it just like, I mean, she's passed away now, Carrie Fisher, but just seeing Leia and Han like back together again and they have that moment, do you know what I mean? It, that was closure for me. I'm not going to actually, I didn't watch Rogue One. I'm not going to watch episode eight unless we decide we're going to review it on a podcast or whatever. Yeah. That's well, a Star Wars out. film is
0: a massive event, isn't it? Any Star yeah. Wars film that comes out, it's always a real event.
1: It might not be. If Disney keep releasing a Star Wars film every single year, It's going to get tired. They might diminish and dilute their brand, yeah. Yeah. But anyone looking forward to episode eight? I'll see it. Not (laughs) really. Now that we know Carrie Fisher's probably not in it.
0: it (sighs) She was was barely in seven. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, Star
1: Wars, the original Star Wars was so successful because he had such a powerful villain in Darth Vader. He wasn't that powerful. I'm sorry, he he wasn't originally. In 1977, Darth Vader was not that big a deal.
3: He wasn't the main antagonist. Okay, but he was became he, a but big still a big he part.
0: Was iconic. He was a big thing. Yeah. yeah. He, whereas yeah. I don't, you don't get that from the baddie in this Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. Yeah. He's just like no, I I, when I saw it in the cinema when he, when he took off his mask mm. for the first time. People laughed. People yeah. laughed in, yeah, the, in the actual cinema.
1: Did we mention Guardians of the Galaxy two already? We mentioned yes. Guardians of the
3: Galaxy very one. briefly. We talked about the fact that I think me and Tim said that we liked the first one. Mm. Mm, but we I didn't. didn't really talk about what we think is going to happen in
1: the second one, yeah. I guess. Yeah. What are you uh, <laughs> hoping for in Guardians 2, Tim? Well, Who's Star Lord's
0: dad? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Ah. But his dad is rumoured to be. They're all different people his dad could be. So it'll be interesting to find out. He's obviously not human, right? He's like, no. he's only, Star Lord's only half human, it turns mm. out. But. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully, if they just do more of the same as the first film, the same sort of humour, like yeah, Heart exactly, and yeah, and just 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 an interesting universe that they inhabit. <clears throat> um, apparently, it doesn't. Again, it it won't tie in too much to the uh, other Marvel films. The universe, but guaranteed there'll be some interesting juicy tidbits and after credit scenes. Uh, I think later on this year, Thor rog- Ragnarok's coming out. That has a really strong cast. I didn't it, like Thor two at all. No, Thor two was Josh, Thor two was awful. Was, yeah, but um, this this one this one should be good because it's got um, basically everyone's going to go and see. He's fighting the Incredible Hulk, but it's got, really
3: yeah. Oh, in,
0: cool in a gladiatorial arena. But it's also got. Oh, doesn't it um, explain
1: why they weren't in Captain America three?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also got um, I can't remember her name now. Is it Kate Blanchett playing uh, Hela?
3: So we'll have like a strong villain as well. So it should be good. No, I'll be oh, up for that. <coughs> The only issue I have with, I think, the Marvel Universe is that every time something happens in the Marvel Universe, you always tend to think, like, okay, so why don't the Avengers deal with it? And they, they do deliberately deal with that, but still, it seems a bit contrite. Like I was watching Luke Cage, and you just think, okay. Yeah, where are they? Where's the Avengers at, you know? That's Although I like, like Luke street, Cage, that, don't get me wrong. That's more like street-level stuff, isn't it? And it funnery. is, And but...
0: He doesn't. He, just doesn't feels- he doesn't. He doesn't have an Avengers communicard, card, doesn't he? He doesn't have no, those he doesn't, cards. He doesn't. doesn't
3: with his ID, it's like Daredevil it. and stuff like that. It's. it's sometimes it feels a bit crowded. The universe. Oh,
1: uh, one that I am looking forward to that I don't know if it's going to get a wide release. Uh, Amando Iannucci's Death of Stalin. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm I mean, up for that. Sounds intriguing. This one. I don't know. It sounds like it sort of gives away the end in the title <laughs> well, Stalin's the movie, Dead <laughs> it's apparently the movie's the immediate aftermath of Stalin's death and the confusion
3: that kind of was around mm. that time and I had an interview with him it sounded really interesting I think he read a book about it and he's got really fascinated about oh it was a novel of, right yeah I think it was yeah and the kind of how people were initially pretending he wasn't dead and then sort <laughs> of infighting and Dude, they put Lenin's body in a fucking glass.
1: Yeah, seen <laughs> yeah, obscene. It's obscene. Where's,
0: where's Stalin's body? Can you go and look at it? Do
1: a selfie? I don't think you can. Probably guarded. Yeah.
0: You can't do a selfie with Lenin's body, obviously, because you would have seen loads of pictures of people taking selfies with it.
1: People have. I've seen
0: people take photographs of it, I'm sure. I've seen photos of it, but I've not seen people gurning. I've seen people time.
1: like with massive queues going like yeah, way yeah, outside yeah, the yeah, building. yeah. And... yeah, yeah.
0: I'd, I'd probably but, uh, go and uh, take a look.
1: Anything Amando Iannucci does, almost anything, like I kind of yeah, really, pretty enjoy much, is yeah. good. And uh, mine, for me, at the very least, last but not least, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. No, interesting. I didn't see that mm. one coming.
3: I so mean, Harrison um, Ford's in it as well, isn't he?
0: Yeah, but they both the, the the original Blade Runner it did have that sort of ambiguous ending, didn't it? Where you weren't mm-hmm. quite sure whether it was, he was he he was a replicant or not. Yeah. Um, is obviously, you see the trailer for this, you see an aged Harrison Ford, and you're like, oh, well, obviously he wasn't a robot.
1: He's still alive, yeah. yeah. I think the story's better where it's just he's human. Kind of like how I think Terminator 1 is better than Terminator 2 in terms of story. Mm. The human versus machine aspect. Yeah. Right. More interesting dynamic. Yeah, you? I mean, it never,
3: yeah. When I saw Blade Runner originally, it never crossed my mind, actually, that he was a replicant. But I know that it is something that later on a lot of people think. But I agree, it's, it is more interesting, I think, if is human. Or maybe the fact that we don't, you can't even tell, is quite interesting. I don't know.
0: But just from the trailer, it looks like it will be a cool film because it has some of the similar visual aesthetic to the first one, which had like a real cool, cool look to it um, and soundtrack as well. This sort of electronic music, which at the time made it stand out as a very futuristic film. It'd be interesting to see how they can bring that same sort of retro futurism into this film. So
1: it's the film when someone talks about, you know how three uh, D films. Is it just a gimmick or does it help with immersion? It depends on the film, doesn't it? That's the, I I will bring up Blade Runner as the proof, not even just like evidence, the proof that you can have an amazingly immersive film that has no 3D effects to it whatsoever. Do you mm. know what I mean? It's one of the most immersive films I've ever watched, Blade Runner.
0: And on the other hand, some of the best use of 3D... I'd say, uh, it's like Final Destination 5. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> well, you've got sure, the yes. things like just yeah. lurching into the limb. screen the whole time. And I actually saw that. I saw that. In the in the 3D, yeah, yeah that,
3: that was actually really cool. And well,
0: at the, the end... Half of that well, guy's skull came passing like through like one, of, one, of, one of the denouements of the film is like it's in a, it's in a cinema and there's, there's going to there's gonna be, be some explosion. Are they watching Final Destination? Uh, I don't know, but there, there's going to be some huge explosion behind the cinema screen and the way they, they cut it, it, was actually quite quite well done because you think for a second, you're like, oh, fuck. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you, you can imagine it happening just like some loose rags and a you know box of paraffin will fall onto it. It's great the way all the accidents happen
1: in Final Destination.
0: Do they make them anymore? Is there one coming out I'm this sure year?
1: They, I'm sure it's still going. Yeah. It's two final, two destination. <laughs> so. oh, another, like crossovers. Another, do, you know, do you know what
0: might be a really stupid film that comes out next year? Oh, there's it's
3: another Fast and Furious. It,
0: yeah. It's called The Fate of the Furious where Vin oh, Diesel God. goes bad. Oh, and this is a little thing I know about his
1: family. This is what I know about this film. <laughs> there was fake bullshit, quote, beef between Vin Diesel and The Rock. Where they were trying to make out that they weren't getting along on set. And then Rock either the Rock posted this video on YouTube where he basically insulted Vin Diesel and called him a like a crybaby kind of thing. And that was all fake. It was all just a drive up uh, Yeah, get people <laughs> excited for this. There'll be there'll be more of like uh, Dwayne Johnson in the cinemas
0: next year. Apparently oh, he's, he's doing a film, film. He's doing a film with Zach Efron, which is Baywatch. Yes, and have, have, oh, have you seen yeah. the trailer to it? Yeah, it, it looks really. It looks quite funny. It looks like Twenty
1: One Jump Street or something, but set on a beach. Their outfits are not nearly slutty enough. I'm no. Sorry, I know it's 2017. It's not the 90s anymore. <laughs> but like they, those swimsuits are not three sizes too small, no. and that is a very important factor. Well. <laughs> And the success of Baywatch.
0: Baywatch was a genuine <laughs> television phenomenon. <laughs> no, honestly, honestly, look up the stats. In its time, it was the most popular, most watched television program in Amongst the entire in boys. the entire world. In the entire world. Um, yeah.
1: More than Beverly Hills 90210 0 Two One O. More than, than Dallas.
0: All over the world, people were watching it more than, <laughs> on a, on more a Saturday than afternoon. Night Rider. <laughs> Easily more than Night Rider.
1: It was, it was the most popular TV show in the world. What about the state of Hollywood? That's a common topic that comes up, especially on this podcast. Hollywood films in general, they... Well, a lot of them seem very agenda-driven. Like, a lot of what we talked about are sequels and reboots. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's a definite
3: conservatism and kind of going with what's easy. You know, it's the same with TV shows. I watched Lethal Weapon, the series, the other oh, day. what? I didn't even know that existed. yeah. It's it's lethal weapon and you know they don't try and make it different in any way. It's literally just the same except more crazy.
1: Is he um? Uh, well, he's southern. He's like
3: is it's Mil- the same thing. He lost his wife, but you know he's.
1: But is he's he? His, you remember the difference between Riggs in the first film and the second? Yeah, he was like proper second. psycho in the first, and then in the second he'd kind of tempered down. Like I have a family now. Yeah. 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 yeah well, is he more the one, first this- movie or the second movie in the TV show? He's more the first movie, but it's oh, annoying
3: because he's just lost his wife, but he's kind of like really sarcastic when, but like, oh, I don't um, mind dying. And it's like, well, if you lost your wife, you wouldn't be that kind of quirky
1: and happy. You'd be mm. like
3: upset and suicidal rather than suicidal and making jokes all the time.
1: Movies right now, one aspect that's going wrong with films is that they're trying to put too much plot into the film. They're not focusing on the essence of the story. Yeah. Um, and um, TV shows the format of a TV show is much better suited if you want to try and pack everything into the plot because you've got 10 episodes you've got 10 one hour episodes to go through it all and they're trying to fit that aspect into films and it's not working and i think that's why people are saying oh tv so much better than movies now it's it you can take your time pacing it out with a tv show films today it's especially like example batman versus superman it's just Ugh. rushing it's just rushing through every scene let's go next scene next scene yeah. on, next scene so i think i expect 2017 to be another year where tv is considered much better than movies that's my way of wrapping that up <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, thank you very much for joining us on this episode. It's my pleasure. Tim, once again, thanks for joining us. Yeah, After thank your...
0: you. I'm already looking forward to the, the next time.
1: Fresh off your deathbed. You Fresh got over the deathbed. pneumonia.
0: Yes, thanks. But the world the world will be a completely different place by the, the time we've do, we do our next podcast. If,
1: if we get a new president. By the time I've edited this, we still Trump, might not. Trump might be impeached. Yeah. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for listening that was the Tom Dicken Hyman show like us on Facebook follow us on Twitter follow us on SoundCloud <laughs> <laughs>
3: you sound so passionate and convinced slap that like button
1: <laughs> I hate that the way YouTubers say that now
3: Facebook. don't forget to subscribe if you
1: want to see more videos donate money to my Patreon account but it's kind of it's for people who aren't too big to beg for money why I did nah I haven't got a Patreon account (laughs) (laughs) ladies and gentlemen goodbye